Well, um, as we get into the word, stay active, stay in faith, be expectant to receive the word of the Lord for you today, uh, because I believe that this is going to be an important message. And uh, once you take down the notes after the message is done, uh, take a picture, post it on social media, tag me, tag the church so that we can see uh, how you are joining us during these uh, online uh, Sunday services. If you are watching on TV with a family, take a picture, post it in your stories and tag me, tag the church and so that we can enjoy uh, you know how the various people are joining as well amen all right with that being said let's get into the word of God uh, open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 8 please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 over the last couple of uh, um, weeks or not weeks but uh, over the last couple of times that I've been preaching to you I've, I've talked to you about the words of eternal life last time about uh, uh, receiving the words of Jesus understanding the importance that of the words that were spoken by Jesus then over the uh, Bible study sessions during the week as well we looked at Mark chapter 4 uh, the parable of the sower the sower sows the word and how the Word of God produces in our life. We also talked about thorns and how to deal with thorns. Then on Thursday, I talked to you about the various essential uh, ingredients or the essentials for a harvest. All right. Now, if you missed out on those things, all of them are available on YouTube. And I would encourage you to take a look at all of those uh, messages so that you are uh, understanding this in context. But even if you did not watch any of those videos or if this is your first time joining us, I really believe that you're going to be blessed today because today what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how to really experience the good life how to really experience and produce the God kind of life in this world in this uh, uh, brief time that we have on this planet now even though I say brief I mean uh, in, in comparison to eternity even 120 years is a brief time all right. But God is not just uh, um, interested in our eternal life, but God is also interested in the life that we live on this planet, the life that we live on this earth. So Jesus, when he comes, he said, I've come to live, give you sorry, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, if he was only uh, focused on the eternal life. If we was only focused about the life in heaven, then there was no point in Jesus saying that he came to give us an abundant life. Why? Because who cares what kind of life you have? Because if Jesus was only focused on the eternal life, but that was not the case. Jesus is absolutely interested in your eternal life, but also about the earthly life as well. Right. Every one of you that's joining me right now, uh, I might not know your name. I might not know your background, but here's what I know. You want to live the good life. You want to live a godly life. You want to live and experience the goodness of God in your life. And so the Bible says that when Jesus came into this world, he brought in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said that we can actually experience the kingdom of God on this earth. All right. Now. Today, what we're going to see is the process by which we can do that in every area of our lives. So I hope you're interested and I hope you will pay attention. Luke chapter 8 and starting from verse 4. It says, And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to, come to him, 
From every city he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground. Everyone say good ground. Right? It fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I talked about this on Thursday as well during the Bible study that Jesus was not necessarily talking about these physical ears, but Jesus was actually talking about your spiritual ears, listening with your heart, paying attention to what Jesus was actually saying. Because what he was actually saying was, what he was actually talking about was not necessarily farming. He's not talking about a farmer here. He's not talking about a seed here. He's not talking about the ground on, uh, you know, the, the soil that produces the kind of fruit uh, or vegetables that we want. What he's actually talking about is how the kingdom of God functions. All right, because in Mark chapter 4, he's talking about the same parable in verse 13, I believe he says, if you don't understand this parable, how then will you understand all other parables? All right, so he's telling us how the kingdom functions. Verse 9 says, then his disciples asked him saying, what does this parable mean? So they heard it and they didn't understand it. Right? They knew it had nothing to do with farming. So they knew that it had a deeper meaning to it. And so they say, what does this parable mean? And he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand they may not understand. Verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, right? Now he's beginning from verse 11. Now he's beginning to explain. But the very first sentence there, we need to take a pause because he says, now the seed is the word of God. Now, there's the seed, there's the sower, and there's the soil. There's the seed, the sower, and the soil. Now, the first one, the seed. Who is the seed here? He says it's the Word of God. He's not talking about apple seed. He's not talking about pomegranate seed. He's not talking about brinjal seed or some other, uh, 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 your favorite vegetable or fruit. He's actually talking about the seed of the Word of God. All right? Then, here's what we need to say, and, and we'll come back to this. But um, I made this statement on Thursday. The objective of the seed, the objective of the sower, and the objective of the soil is harvest. The objective of the seed, the sower, and the soil is harvest. All of them have the same intent. They want to see harvest. However, knowing that the, word of the, the, that the Word of God is seed, many Christians know that. However, I believe there are many Christians who have been satisfied with just collecting seed. 
right? Many people have been deceived into being satisfied. The devil has deceived Christians into being satisfied, not when they see the harvest or not when they experience the harvest, but they're now just satisfied with collecting seed. So what happens is in the lives of many Christians, they listen to multiple preachers, they're listening to multiple ministries, and they get satisfied by just listening to a message. They're just satisfied by just reading the word. Now, please understand, there's nothing wrong. In fact, it's a good thing to hear the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. It's an amazing thing, an excellent thing to read the Bible, right? All good things, but don't be satisfied with just hearing. Don't be satisfied with just reading. Why? Because that's the simply the seed. And now you have received seed. That's like a person going to the store, buying seed from a store, and then just being satisfied that they have seed. And what's happened is we've become professional seed collectors. Right? Oh, I, I have the right messages for this issue, right messages for this issue. And we have messages from this preacher, A preacher, B preacher, C preacher, D preacher. And we've got a bunch of different uh, videos and books and, and uh, quotes and sayings and posters and, and, and wall calendars and all of these things. But the, um, the important thing is, don't just be satisfied with seed. Make sure that the harvest comes out of that seed that has been given to you, all right? We'll come back to this, but let's continue in verse 12. It says, those who, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word that was in that, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. That phrase, bring no fruit to maturity. Uh, have you ever, especially in the, in the, uh, uh, during the summer months, the last several months, especially for all, uh, those of you who are watching uh, and joining us from India, uh, uh, you know, the favorite fruit during the summer months is a, it's a mango, right? And, and what happens when you go to the market or if you have a couple of mango trees and you're looking up and you're looking at all the mangoes, what happens if they don't come to maturity, what's going to happen? If you pluck it, before it's time. If you don't wait for the fruit to mature, you won't be able to enjoy the fruit, right? You pluck it before time. And that's what's happening here. There's no fruit that, uh, and the fruit is not being brought to maturity. Verse 15, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. So two things that are happening in verse 14 and verse 15. Verse 14 is there, there's actually growth coming out of the seed. These guys are not just collecting seed. They've collected seed, but then the seed has gone into their hearts. It's gone into the soil. Now it's actually growing something. 
there's something coming out of their lives. But at the same time, in verse 14, what you're seeing is the, the, the harvest is coming, the fruit is coming, the growth is coming, but there's also the coming of the thorns. Right? So thorns and the fruit, thorns and the harvest growing at the same time. And, at, and while this is happening, what happens in the lives of several people is they get frustrated. They don't have the patience for it. And that's why they see the mango and they get so excited with seeing the mango, they pluck it and they bite into it or they pluck whatever fruit it is and they bite into it. They are expecting it to taste amazing but because they prematurely plucked it, it doesn't taste good. And because it doesn't taste good, they get offended. Now, in the Christian realm, they get offended at God. Why? Because they saw the picture. Wait a minute. I heard that a mango was supposed to taste so sweet and so nice and it was supposed to make me feel really good. But I now this is a mango and I'm biting into it and it tastes horrible. And they think that somehow God has cheated them out of something. They think now, oh God, I, you know, God told me that it was going to be an abundant life. God told me that it was going to be a good life. But now what, what kind of life is this? What is it that I'm experiencing? And that's what begins to happen. Or in some cases that, that they, they see the fruit, or, you know, it, it's not as big as it's supposed to be. It's not in the color as it's supposed to be. And certain people, they start digging into the ground to see what's wrong on the inside. And yet again, it ends up with the same result because you don't get the kind of harvest that you are expecting. Now, verse 15, he says, Two things to keep note of. Towards the end it says, they, um, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, there are two things that are happening. The word patience, some of your translations will say, keep it and bear fruit with endurance. Patience and endurance. The Bible talking about Abraham, it says he, he obtained the promises of God with faith and patience. Faith and patience. Now, a lot of times when it comes to receiving things of the Lord, we get we, we want to see the overnight success. Excuse me. We want to see the overnight success. We want to see uh, things happen in an instant. And because of that, what, what we're what we Lack is the understanding of how the kingdom of God functions. See, here he's telling us that the kingdom of God functions as a process. As a process. But if you're not paying attention to the process, what you are expecting is, oh, God can do anything that he wants. So I'm going to bring my prayer before God. By tomorrow, I need everything changed. Well, I'm going to pray right now and my husband should change by tonight. I'm going to pray right now. My kids should change by tomorrow morning. I'm going to pray right now. My debt should be gone within by the time I wake up from my sleep. Right. We expect the supernatural. And we, we when we are expecting the overnight thing, what's happening is. And when you get frustrated when that doesn't happen, that reveals that the kingdom of God or the process of the kingdom of God has not been understood. You get that? That the, the, your frustration, a person's frustration with God always reveals that the process of the kingdom of God has not been understood. And if it's not been understood, this parable lets us know that the devil can come steal the word. 
the devil can come and steal the word. And when the devil can come steal the word, all you are left with is your, are your expectations. All you are left with are your hopes and dreams. And you've got wishful thinking and you're just saying certain things out into the heaven and you think that's prayer. And however, when it comes to the actual results, you're disappointed. All right, read that verse one more time. Verse 15, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. My prayer is that today as you're hearing the word of God, that your ground will be good ground, that you will receive the word, that you will keep the word and you will bear fruit with endurance or with patience. Now, we're going to, in a few minutes, I'm going to tell you about how to keep the Word of God in your heart. Why? Because here he says that only by keeping it in your heart will you produce, all right? So we'll come back to this point as well, but let's keep moving forward. Go with me to Mark chapter 4, please. Mark um, chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. It says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now here in, in the book of Mark, he lets us know that these are thorns. There are three types of thorns that the scripture talks about. Number one, the cares of this world. So based on your position, based on your job, based on your uh, uh, you know, position in your family and responsibilities, the cares of the world, the cares that you carry upon, those are thorns in your life. Number two, the deceitfulness of riches, which means you start trusting money more than you trust God. You think money will bring you happiness and joy when it is actually the things of God that will bring you happiness and joy. You will think that you think that money Money is going to be the security in your life when it, in reality it's God who brings protection, safety and security in your life. You think money will buy you health but in reality it is God who gives you divine health and healing in your body. So in all of these things, uh, you, you, some people think money, having lots of money will, will uh, cause people to love them when in reality it's, just, it's not money that is causing people to love, it, it's, it's the deceitfulness of it. All right, and so on and on, so that the, that becomes a thorn. And number three, the desire for other things. Uh, some of the translations will say the lust for other things. All right. Now, when it comes to the things of the lust, when it comes to the things of money, the deceitfulness of riches, many people will be quick to say, yes, that's a sinful thing and that's a thorn. However, when it comes to cares, most people don't look at them as thorns. Most people don't look at them as thorns. However, According to the Word of God, even cares can choke the Word of God out of your life. Now, I talked about all of these things. Now, I'm going to talk to you about how, to, how do we deal with these thorns, all right? How do we deal with these thorns? Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4, please. Proverbs chapter 4. Again, I'm talking about how to live or how to experience the good life, the blessed life, the abundant life that God has come to give us. And I'm taking you step by step, making sure we, all of us have the right foundation as we move forward. Now, Proverbs chapter 4 and starting from verse 
20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your, uh, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart out of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the spring, the issues of life. All right. Now let's take that verse by verse. My son, give attention to my words. In other words, what he's saying is, give attention to the seed. You get that? Give attention. My son, listen, listen, listen. If you want to live the good life, my son, if you want to live the abundant life, my son, if you want to experience the life of God, the life that comes from God, here's how you need to do it. You pay attention, give attention to the seed, right? What is the seed? The seed is the Word of God. So if you want to live the blessed life, if you want to live a life of peace and joy, if you want to live a long and satisfied life, if you want to live a life that is pleasing unto God, if you want to live a life where you're walking in the will of God, if you want to live a life where you are free from the bondages of sin, if you want to live a life where you're free from the uh, the attacks of the enemy and you walk in divine victory, divine uh, uh, um, uh, health and healing and, and, and divine faith and all of those things, then he says, my son, here's what you've got to do pay attention give attention to the seed of the word of God that's number one then he goes on to say incline your ears to my saying and then he says do not let them depart from your eyes right couple of things he says number one the seed is the word pay attention to it give attention to it then he says how do you practically do that Right. Okay. It's, it's one thing to say, pay attention to the word. Okay. What does that really mean? How do you, how do I practically, it's easy to listen to it on Sunday. How do I practically live that out from Monday through Saturday again, when I'm off to college, when I'm off with my peers, when I'm in the hostel, when I'm with my family, when I'm going around and doing business, how, how do I do this? Well, here he tells you, he says, incline your ears to my saying. Now, why the ear? Because he knows that the seed is being sown through your ears. You get that? The seed, again, the seed of the word of God or the seeds of the enemy, the seeds of the world that produces the thorns in our life. They are coming into the soil of your heart through the ears. So this is your gateway to the heart. Your ears are the gateway to the heart. Then he says, do not let them depart from your eyes. Now, why the eyes? Because the eyes are also another gateway to the heart. So the seed is being sown. You pay attention how? Through what goes in through your ears and what goes in through your eyes. Pay attention, give attention, because whatever is going through your eyes, whatever is going through your ears will land on the soil of your heart. It will. There's no escaping it. It will absolutely land on the soil of your heart. And after that happens, whatever uh, you keep watering through the week will produce. So it may produce the thorns or it may produce the 
the, the harvest that comes from the Word of God. But whatever you sow, it will produce. Now you might be saying, well, pastor, if it's that simple, uh, uh, then uh, I've been listening on Sundays. I listen to your messages, pastor. I listen to my favorite preacher. I listen to, uh, you know, uh, my, my, my childhood pastor every Sunday or whatever the case. Uh, how is it that I'm listening to him or listening to her, listening to my favorite preacher every Sunday? And why is it that it's not producing? Well, you may be listening and maybe it is producing. However, the question is, what else are you listening to? What other seeds are being sown in your heart? What else are you watching? Oh, pastor, I watch you every Sunday. Thank you for watching me every Sunday. But what else are you watching from Monday through Saturday? Come on, be honest. What else are you watching? How much news are you watching? How many TikTok videos are you watching? Well, TikTok is banned, but you can you understand what I mean. Uh, uh, how many uh, uh, YouTube shorts are you watching? Right? I don't know, uh, uh, all kinds of other Indian social media uh, uh, apps that have come up with these short videos. How many of those videos are you watching? Right? What, 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 how many movies are you watching? How many TV shows are you watching? What kind of TV shows are you watching? What kind of movies are you watching? What kind of language do you watch, or sorry, do you hear while you're watching those shows or while you're watching those movies or while you're listening to the music that you're listening to? I'm glad that you're listening to the preaching on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, there's some kind of seed that is going into your heart. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap, Galatians 6, 7. So what's happening is, yes, you're coming to hear the word. Yes, you're getting the seed, but also what other seed is coming in? So that's why he says, my son, give attention to my words, he says. Here, it's a father talking to a son and he says, son, listen. I want the best for you. Don't listen to what your friends are telling you right now. Don't listen to the guy down the street. Listen to my words. And if God is speaking to you, he would say, hey, listen, don't pay attention to what the TV show said. Don't pay attention to what the magazine article said about your matters. Don't listen to what the friends are telling you about finances. Don't listen to the new advertisement that says that you absolutely need to have this surgery. You absolutely need to buy this dress. You absolutely need to drive this car. Only then will you be valuable. Don't listen to that. He, God would be saying to you and he's speaking to you and he says, listen to my words. Pay attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not depart out of your heart. Why? Why? Why is God saying that? Is he because he's so jealous that he only wants uh, him to be heard? No, he's interested in the harvest. He's interested in making sure that as you live your life, that you're going to experience the things that he has destined for you so that you will experience the good life, the blessed life, the God ordained life in this present world. That's his interest. That's his desire for you. And therefore, he says, pay attention to my word, not what the news reporter said, not what the actress said, not what the social media star said, not what the TikTok or YouTube or, or, or Instagram influencer said. Now, if any of those people have said something that aligns with, agrees with the word of God, then that's okay. But if not, he says, don't replace my word with the 
views, sayings of the present age. Why? Because he's saying, if you do, it will produce a thorn in your life. And later on, you'll be wondering, why God, why? When God, when? You'll be asking these questions, and son, daughter, you'll be asking those questions because you let the wrong voice in. You'll be asking those questions because you saw the wrong things. So he says, pay attention to my word. Because when you pay attention to my word, son, when you pay attention to my word, daughter, there's only one thing that's going to come out of my words, and that is life. There's no deceit. There's only truth in my word. There's no deception. But if you keep listening to the lies of the enemy, if you keep listening to the things of this world, there will be deception. There will be death. And you will not like the life that you experience. Now, write this question down. What are the sources of bad seed in your life? And answer that honestly. What are the sources of bad seed in your life? What are those sources of seed that produce thorns in your life? Here are a few examples. Is it some of your friends? Maybe some of your family members? Is it social media? Is it TV shows? Movies? What is it? And who do you need to remove out of your life? What sources of bad seed do you see in your life and how do you get rid of them? What relationships do you need to cut? Yeah, I know you've been friends with them for a long time, but every time you keep talking to them, it's bad seed over bad seed over bad seed over bad seed over and over and over again. But pastor, if I don't love them, who will love them? That's not your problem. You're not called to love everybody. You're not to, called to take care of every person's emotional needs. Remember, I said this in uh, uh, the young adult session that we had a couple of weeks ago. I said, uh, um, yes, God absolutely loves them, but you can't handle them. There are certain people that God absolutely loves. You just can't handle them and you need to cut off that relationship because rather than you bringing them up, they are dragging you down. Right there, dragging you down. And who is it that you need to cut off? If it is certain shows and maybe certain, maybe even services, maybe is it Netflix that you need to cut off? Do you need to delete an app from your phone? Maybe Instagram, maybe some other thing, Facebook, whatever it is. If it is bringing you down, if it is taking you down the wrong path, if it is bringing certain thoughts that are producing thorns in your life, maybe it's time to delete the app until you get back to a healthy place until there's the right kind of stuff being uh, uh, born out of your life and then you can reinstall it back again. Now you might say, uh, oh, oh, so are you telling me Instagram is sin? Are you telling me Netflix is a sin? No, I'm not. Not, uh, absolutely not. However, there are certain things that are not going to be beneficial in your life and I can't tell you what those are. You know for yourself. See, Paul said, um, not everything that is lawful is beneficial. So just because it's not a sin does not mean you need to do it. Say, for example, cigarette smoking may not be against the law of the land, and yet it is not beneficial. It can kill you. 
it damages your health, same thing. So you need to be a wise person and say, okay, what's producing? What is the source of this bad seed in my life? Time to cut it off. All right? Now, and pray this prayer. Say, God, please remove every unproductive relationship in my life. God, please remove every unproductive relationship in my life. Cut off certain relationships. And I guarantee you, the, the things that produce out of your life will be drastically different, drastically different. All right, go with me. Um, I mentioned this before, but Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Whatever a man sows, which means good seed or bad seed, it will produce. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Doesn't matter what seed, if you sow it, you will reap it. If you sow it, you will reap it. So therefore, it is very important that we are paying attention to the source of the seed in our life. Only the source that, that is good, we plant in our lives. Whatever is bad, we make sure it does not have an opportunity to get into our hearts. Amen. Now, when you see that certain thorns have developed in your life, when you see that certain things that were not supposed to be there have already, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, come into existence in your life and they're growing, what do you do? You flood your life with the seed of the Word of God. You flood your life with the seed of the Word of God. Now, not just certain sprinkling uh, uh, every Sunday or every other week. I'm talking about flooding your heart with the Word of God. You listen over and over again. You read the scripture over and over again. You meditate on it over and over again. Well, well what, what kind of seed, uh, uh, Pastor? Do I need to meditate on Genesis chapter 1? Or do I need to go all the way to the book of Revelation? Do I start in the book of Matthew? Or do I go to one of the Old Testament prophets? Or do I go to one of of the epistles of John, what do I do? Well, here's the question. What is the harvest that you're looking for in your life? What is the harvest that you are looking for in your life? For example, here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that the, the, the Bible, I want you to think about the Bible as a seed store. Okay, a seed store. A couple of, uh, uh, a while ago, um, I got these packets of seed, and uh, maybe you can see this on your screen, all right? These are three different packets of seed that I've got. Now, the first packet here says uh, that these are for a tomato seed, and here I've got another seed, uh, another packet that says uh, bottle gourd, gourd, uh, and, uh, and then it says bendy. all right? Ladyfinger, all right, bendy. So three different uh, um, uh, packets of seed. Now, which seed do I need to sow? Well, depends on what harvest you want to see. You understand that? See, if I want to see these kinds of tomatoes growing in my garden, then I better not take seed from this packet, which is going to produce the ladyfinger or the bendy, which will produce this and plant this. I can't plant bendy seed and be expecting tomatoes to be coming out of the soil. So the same thing. Now, what, what, what seed do I need to sow, Pastor? What seed do I need to be paying attention to? What is it that you want to see in your life? Oh, Pastor, I, I, you know, I'm in a very bad financial state and, and I need to see God's blessing and the prosperity of God in my life. Well, let's just equate that to tomatoes. 
okay? Let's just say financial prosperity. This is, let's just say this bag represents financial prosperity. So what do I do? I go to the store, okay? This store has all kinds of seed, all right? This store has all kinds of seed. And I go to the store of the Word of God and I go into the store and I open and I enter in. And once I enter in, I see that there's all kinds of seed. And once I see, then I take the seed that I need in my life. And then what do I do? I remove it from the Bible and then I start reading it and I start hearing it. I plant it in the soil of my heart. So if I need prosperity, then I need to make sure that I understand that prosperity is connected to the blessing of the Lord. I need to understand that the that poverty is a curse and not a blessing of the Lord. I also need to understand that when God created Adam and Eve in the garden that there was plenty. I also need to understand that God has a covenant of uh, a wealth with every believer. That I also have to understand that in the new covenant all the blessings of Abraham belong to me. I also need to understand all things that pertain to life and godliness have been given to me. I also need to understand that as a response Christian, I give into the kingdom of God and as I give, it will be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, simply meaning that every time I give, it will be multiplied back to me. So what's happening? I am learning about the things of God. I am taking this seed and I am planting it, not just on Sunday, but every single day, multiple times a day. I meditate on it and I meditate on it and I meditate on it and I meditate on it. Which means when I go to the office, when I'm driving, I might be waiting for a bus to get to the office. But while I'm sitting in the bus stand, I'm listening to the word of God. I'm listening to the word that tells me that I am the uh, I'm the seed of Abraham and the blessing of Abraham is upon my life. So while I am waiting for the bus in the bus stand, I envision myself, I see myself next time going with my own bike. Not a bike that I need to pay for the next 10 years, 20 years of my life, not taking some long or not begging people to give me a bike but I see myself having enough money to completely pay for my own bike, all right? Then not having to worry for petrol. And as that word continues to grow, word continues to grow, then I see myself not just traveling in a bike and getting wet every time the rain falls or, or going in the hot sun when it's in, 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 the, in the middle of a hot Indian summer, but then I see myself getting into a car with AC on and then not having to worry to turn my AC off so that I can save some petrol, but living a comfortable life and having a com comfortable drive in the car. And as I do that, what's happening? The, the, the seed of the Word of God is producing in my life. Now, some of you might say, Pastor, I, you know, I'm not really... Uh, concerned about finances right now, but uh, you know, my, my great-grandfather died of this disease and my grandfather and then my father. And now the doctors have said that even, you know, it's, it's a family thing, pastor. It's a family issue. And, and so then, you know, I'm, I'm next pastor. And they said like, oh, I only have about so-and-so years. They say usually when I'm, when, when they're in their sixties, when they're in their fifties, this attack happens. And uh, all of these men uh, in my family, all of them died in their fifties. And I'm, I'm just, 
just entering 50. I just turned 50 last month, pastor. And so I'm worried about it. Okay, well, here, you go back to the seed of the word of God. You go back to the seed store. And once you go to the seed store, the door opens up to you and you go into the store and you say, okay, what kind of seed do I, am I looking for? Is this a prosperity seed? All right, not really. That, that's not my focus right now. I've got other things that I need to take care of. Okay, and then you find the Bendy seed. You find the seed that gives you divine health and healing. So what do you do? You open the seed and you start going through the scriptures. Now you understand that once again, when God created Adam and Eve, that in the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness, no disease. And you see throughout scripture that sickness and disease was only a, uh, a result of the fall of Adam and Eve. And then you see that even though people were suffering with sickness and disease, that every single time God gave them, spoke the blessing over people, that they were supernaturally healed supernaturally healed, not just healed by operations and not just healed by um, uh, taking medications, but they were supernaturally healed. And what happens now? Now you begin to build your faith for supernatural healing for supernatural healing. And as you begin to build your faith up for that, what happens? You see that uh, Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Sickness and disease are part of the curse. Then you see that Jesus was actually beaten, bloody beaten. I mean, the, the, the flesh was being torn off of his back and the blood was gushing out of his body. Why did they do all of that? So that you and I, by his stripes, we can be healed. You take that scripture, you meditate on that scripture, not just on a Sunday morning again, not just when I'm talking about communion, not just when we're participating in communion, but you meditate on it over and over and over and and over again, what's happening? Uh, uh, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So every morning you wake up, you've got these uh, 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 Bible scriptures, uh, uh, memory verses on your mirror, on the fridge, on your in your car dashboard, wherever you go as a screensaver. You read them, you meditate. You read, you meditate. You read, you meditate. You see yourself celebrating your 55th year birthday. You see yourself celebrating your 60th birthday. You see yourself enjoying your 65th birthday with your kids and maybe your grandkids and your wife next to you and all of these things. What's happening? It is creating a picture based on the good seed of the word of God. Are you understanding that, my friend? I'm talking to you about how to live the God-designed life, how to experience the good life, how to experience the abundant life. Now, however, this is a process. This is a process. Now, the last couple of minutes as I was preaching, there might be some of you who got really excited, but now once I say it is a process, I'm not sure how many of you are excited now. Because if I said, this is how it is, and it's happening right now to you, it's happening right now to you, oh, the, the claps would just go crazy in the chat area. But if I say, hey, that's the process, and hey, um, so it's going to take some time. Your life will change, but it's going to happen as you meditate on the Word. Your life's going to change, but let the soil do the work. Your life's going to change, but make sure you plant the right seeds. Um, you know, why can't God just do it? Well, it's his kingdom. It's his process. It's his kingdom. It's his process. He didn't ask for your suggestions. Neither did he ask for my suggestions. But he invites you into his kingdom. 
He gives you the choice. He says, if you want to do it, go ahead and let's do this together. Amen. Now, go with me very quickly to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there quickly. Because again, it's one thing to get the seed, but it's another thing to guard that seed. Now, what does it take to guard that seed in your heart? Guarding the seed has to do with your thought life. Guarding the seed has to do with your thought life. Again, you can really have a good time on a Sunday morning while you're in church, but the thoughts, the attacks happen Monday through Saturday. Oh, I know you heard what pastor said. Oh, I know you can, I know you think you can uh, 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 beat the disease and you're going to have celebrate your 55th birthday. Uh, but don't forget what happened to your grandfather. Don't forget what happened to your great grandfather. Don't forget what happened to your father. You're no different than that. That thought doesn't come while I preach. That thought comes while you're on the way to work Monday morning, while you're doing your work on Wednesday evening. That's when those thoughts come. Now, how do you handle that? What do you do with that? Be, see, because if you don't guard, and if you're not careful with your thought life, that's the moment you got the seed, but then on Wednesday evening, the seed is taken out. You got the seed on Sunday, but Tuesday morning, the seed is taken out. And we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, please, uh, chapter 10. And I'll read verses... Uh, from verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That verse 5, again, casting down arguments and everything that comes, sorry, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, in order for you to identify or recognize thoughts that are against the knowledge of God, you first of all need to know and have the knowledge of God. Does that make sense? Because if you don't know what the knowledge of God is, if you don't understand the thoughts of God or how God is thinking, you will not know whether something is in opposition to the knowledge of God. See, and this is one of the problems. The problem is because many of us don't know or many Christians don't pay attention to the word. We don't know what God thinks about certain things. And because we don't, we think that whatever we hear in the news, whatever we read in an article, whatever our professor in college says, and whatever the, the, the latest fad is in society and in culture, we think it's okay. The reason we think it's okay is because we don't know what the word says. We don't realize that the word already says that it is not okay. But if you know that the word says that this is, something is not okay, then when you hear it, you'll say, uh-uh, no, that's not okay. We can't do that. Why? Because I already have the knowledge of God regarding that issue. L let me give you a quick example. Um, let's take uh, uh, an issue like abortion. Okay. There's many people, especially in India, that I've come across many people in India that do not even know what the Bible has to say regarding abortion. 
They've never read a scripture. They've never heard a message. They've never had a discussion regarding the fact that all life is precious in the sight of God. That all life is a gift of God. And therefore, because we don't know that, we don't have the knowledge of God. So when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you got uh, uh, pregnant by accident or, uh, or you weren't planning on it and you got pregnant, oh, just have an abortion. Just have an abortion. Oh, something is wrong. Uh, they, they're saying the baby is not really healthy. Uh, there's a small chance that, uh, you know, there can be a problem with the baby. Oh, great. Just have an abortion. Just have an abortion. And the doctor might tell you that. But as a Christian, if you don't have the knowledge of God, you will think it's okay. When in reality, it's never, it's not okay. That child in the womb is a gift of God made in the image and likeness of God. No one has the right to take the life of the child. But you'll only know that if you get into the word. And so I've, I've met so many people, Christian people. And, and again, they've said it so casually in the course of just talking. Oh, pastor, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it happened and we had an abortion after that. And this happened and we had an abortion and that happened. And, and the first time I remember when I heard it, I, I almost thought I misheard something. And then the more families I was talking with, interacting with, praying for them, getting to know what's happening in their lives, I realized, wait a minute, so many Christians don't even realize that abortion is not right. That abortion is not right. And so they never even knew the knowledge of God. And therefore, when they got knowledge of the world, they just believed it. They just believed it. This happens all the time on college campuses and in, and in companies. You know, the, the, there's the worldviews of the world that come in and we just believe. Oh, the CEO of our company believes it and so obviously it must be good. Says who? Says who? You've got to have the knowledge of God first. And then weigh everything against the knowledge of God. And then decide whether it's something that you've got to accept or something you've got to reject out of your life. Now, let me just say this. If you're watching this and if you've had an abortion, right, don't be condemned. If you did it without knowing, the forgiveness of God is available for you, right? Pray, seek the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, understand what you've got to, what, what the word of God has to say regarding abortion and renew your mind according to it. But understand this, maybe I'll teach on it on, in, in a Bible study or something on the subject of abortion, uh, um, if God leads me in that direction. But understand this, don't be condemned and don't, don't go over it over and over again, but receive forgiveness of the Lord and continue to, to live the life that God has called you to live. But understand this, abortion is not right in the sight of God. All right? Now, um, so you've got to have the knowledge of God. So casting down every argument. So as the thoughts come, oh, you're, you're 55 already, you, you know, you're not going to live for too long. Cast that thing down. Why? Because it comes against the knowledge of God. Why? The knowledge of God, the word of God lets you know that God is calling you to live a long and prosperous life. And therefore you declare that word in your life. Go with me to uh, Philippians chapter four, please. 
Let's go there quickly. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Do what? Meditate on these things. That means while you're driving, you're just thinking about those things. That means while you're washing dishes, you're just thinking about those things. That means while you're uh, putting, uh, uh, using the washing machine to clean your clothes, you're thinking about those things. That means when you're drying your clothes, you're just thinking about those things. You're meditating. So you're taking a walk and you're thinking, man, God has really blessed me. I've got the blessing of Abraham on my life. And therefore, I declare that over my business. Therefore, I declare that over my children. I know my kids are going uh, to school and the schools are about to reopen. And so, I, I, you know, what, what should I think of? Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, if my kids go to school, they're going to get the virus and they're going to suffer. And, you know, your thoughts can go in that direction. But now you've got to say, wait a minute. Great will be the peace of my children. Why? Because that's what the word says. My sickness and disease will be far away from my kids. Why? Because I declare the word of God over their life. So every day before you send them off to school, you declare the word of God. You declare Psalm 91. You declare that the blood of Jesus is around them, protecting them, spirit, soul, and body. And so you keep meditating on those things. And so he says, meditate on these things. The things, verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. These do and the God of peace will be with you. Fun. Go with me First 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses, um, let's start from verse 6, please. All right. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. Oh, now you understood the process. Now you take the seed. Now you're listening to it. Now you're seeing it. And now it is going into your heart. Now be sober. Now be vigilant. Why? Because there are forces of darkness that will come to disrupt that harvest. There are forces of darkness that they will still try to uproot the seed of the word of God from your heart. So be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because the devil is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Read it this way or think about it this way. Seeking whom he can steal the word from. Be vigilant. Be sober. Why? Because the adversary, the devil is walking around seeking from whom he can steal the word. But if you're vigilant, he's not going to come in. If you're standing on guard on your property, they're not coming in. Why? Because you're there. But if you're sleeping, now the thief can come and steal. But if you're standing guard at the door, he can't. So he's seeking whom he may devour, meaning he's seeking to see who's the lazy guy. He's seeking to see who's the lazy woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she shows up at church on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. Is she lazy? I got her. Is, she, is he lazy? I got him. That's what's happening. 
Now, two verses to, to, to make sure that we understand the importance of staying vigilant. All right, Proverbs chapter 19, uh, 15 and verse 19. Proverbs 15 and verse 19. I pray that you're being blessed by this word. And I, I know for a fact that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I know for a fact that things that pertain to your life are, are coming to light. All I'm asking of you is do not neglect the things uh, that are being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit today. Do not neglect them. Proverbs 15 and verse 19 says this, The way of the sluggard is overgrown with thorns. The sluggard. The way of the sluggard is overgrown with thorns. It pricks, lacerates, and entangles him. But the way of the righteous is plain and raised like a highway. You see that? The way of a sluggard, the one who sleeps, the one who is not vigilant. What's happening? The thorns have overgrown. Not the harvest, the thorns have overgrown. And what do these thorns do? They prick him, they lacerate him, and they entangle him. Proverbs 24 and verse 30. It says, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. The man void of understanding. And behold, it was all grown over with thorns and nestles were covering its face and its stone wall was broken down. The stone wall, the hedge, the surrounding protective wall, the stone wall was broken down. Why? Because the man was lazy. The man was lazy. Today, here's why, what I want to encourage every one of you. Understand this, that Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. And he's shown us the path. He's told us the process. Now, do I believe in miracles? Absolutely, I do believe in miracles. I've experienced miracles in my life. I know of people who've experienced miracles in their life. It's not that we don't believe in the miraculous power of God. It's not that we don't believe in miracles. But we also foundationally have to understand that we're not called to live from one miracle to the next miracle, that we're called to live by faith. And this process of the kingdom requires faith. Are you understanding that? We're called, the just shall live by faith. And today my prayer is that as you have heard this word, as you have listened to the scripture, as you've let the truth of the word of God be planted in the soil of your heart, I pray that you will guard it, that you will be vigilant, and that it will bring up mighty harvest in your life so that you can experience the good life, the blessed life, the God-ordained life that He has come to give you. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Lamb. Whatever you're watching from, just lift your hands up to heaven and say, God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your wisdom. Say this out loud. Say, God, I thank you for your correction. God, I thank you for your instruction. I thank you, Lord, that your word washes over me. I thank you, Lord, that your word renews my mind. I thank you, Lord, that your word gives me knowledge of you. I thank you, Lord, that your word helps me, Lord, to experience your goodness in my life. Lord, I declare your protection, your blessing, your heads of covering over every person that's joining us. Whatever, whatever it is that, Lord, that they're believing for, needing for in their life, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that they will receive the seed that has been sown. And they'll walk in the divine grace that comes from you alone. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen.